0: Welcome to the AVAIL podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Carla Horna. Carla is the co-lead pastor of Comunidad Cristiana Agua Viva in Lima, Peru, alongside her husband, Sergio, which has over 42,000 members, seven satellite churches, and a leadership school. Lean in as Carla shares some insights about leadership longevity, focusing on your why and the benefits of multi-generational church and ministry. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Avail Podcast. I got my intro music playing. We got an amazing guest with us today. She is an amazing leader who, along with her husband, they pastor Agua Viva in Lima, Peru, an amazing church that is impacting thousands and thousands of lives for many, many years. Pastor Carla, it's so good to be here with you. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you, Virgilio.
0: (laughs) Excited to to share. I love it when I have friends from from Latin America, because a lot of of our leaders and pastors here in the States love to hear what's happening, and there's so many good things happening. And as we have some leaders and pastors leaning in here on this podcast, I would love, Carla, if you took a few minutes to just share a little bit about your story, who you are, where you are, uh, what the Lord has you and your family doing, and then we're going to jump into a great leadership conversation.
1: Okay. Well, my name is Carla Strombeck Cornun. Not a Latina last name, but my grandparents were missionaries in South America. They had Bible schools and a number of um, things. Uh, so my in-laws, who were pastors of a church, went through my grandparents' Bible school. So me and my husband's family have known each other for forty plus years. Um, I felt called as a young teenager to go to Latin America. I studied Spanish on my own uh, and moved to Latin America, married my husband. Uh, we started as youth pastors. This was almost 20 years ago, 19 some years ago. We youth pastor for uh, It was a special time, 2003. We were able to really grow a youth group. Uh, at the time, everyone was like, oh, youth group is just for entertaining teenagers and mm-hmm. We really felt like we broke a mold. Uh, we grew a group of about 20,000 young people um, that that were on fire, that were leaders, that were winning their parents and their families for God. It was really special. Wow. Um, then that whole group kind of grew up. We're all adults now, and um, we that whole generation is now is now kind of like the backbone of our church. My husband and I now pastor the church that has parents transitioned uh, onto us, which was real special. That was about six years ago. So for six years, we've been the senior pastors of Agua Viva. Um, it's a challenge. It's an enormous church. Sometimes in America, you don't see, uh, very often anyway, the, the size of, of churches that we have in South America, but it's it's humbling. It's a lot of work, but it's obviously you know so much the grace of God um, on the congregation. We have eight uh, right now campuses in Lima Mm. and about 25 or so around uh, the country in all the different little cities and towns. And my husband and I lead that. Uh, I kind of more focus on youth ministry and women's ministry. I also preach on Sunday. I preached this past Sunday. Um, Serge is very focused on Sunday mornings and the conferences, and he's in charge of kind of like the administrative part of the church. He's a brilliant administrator, so (laughs) so we're a good team. We have different different interests, different passions, and we kind of help cover together all the major areas of
0: church. That's cool. Uh, You know, one of the things um, I think we have a lot in common. uh, You and your husband, and and my wife and I. But one of the things I've mentioned before: not every pastor couple is necessarily called to pastor together or even the same way, but it's, it is really special when, when there is a complement of, of giftings and a diversification of skills that just fits well. And, and I, and I, as a, as an onlooker, I've seen you and your husband do a great job in definitely uh, leading and pastoring a a, a very, 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 we could say it's a mega church in South America. Um, And and I'm, I'm interested in just leaning in a little bit and learning what's on your heart in this season? Um, You know, as we, as we have pastors, ministry leaders, uh, Christians that are leaders, you know, in their communities, uh, you know, what's on your heart right, right now in this season? Uh, And I know you've, a book you wrote that unfortunately is not yet in English, but if anybody uh, speaks <laughs> or reads Spanish and I think maybe poetry, or
1: Portuguese, or Portuguese. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: a book about the blessing of being multi-generational, but, but just open up your heart. Let's get this conversation rolling.
1: So part of the blessing um, that I received coming from this multi-generational ministry family is kind of a vision of longevity and I yeah. kind of wanted to share this because even before COVID, we were seeing kind of, if you remember 2019, at 2018, there was several pastors that we saw commit suicide. People wow. started talking about depression. People started talking about these things. And I'm sure, you know, all of us have heard of um, pastors or leaders in different areas, you know, just having moral failures or just mm-hmm. burning out and giving up. And I think one of the blessings of coming from this multi generational um, Christian ministry family is, I'm not just focused on myself. I'm not just saying, well, I have to get to the end. I'm thinking I have to get to the end healthy and okay, because I have to pass the baton on to the next generation. You know, I can't just let everything that my in-laws and grandparents and great-grandparents and great-grandparents have built up just die with me because I get burnout. And so knowing that, knowing I have kind of this responsibility resting on my shoulders, I am responsible for my mental health, for um, for me, for my soul, for my spirit, I know for a long time, I'm a, I'm a young person, but I'm an old Christian. <laughs> so for a long time, you hear Christians say things, you know, like, well, the spirit's the only thing that matters and kind of not really taking care of their bodies or their souls, you know, never yeah. really taking that time to. And I love how kind of today there's they're really breaking the taboo of maybe going to therapy or just taking time to focus and giving yourself kind of Uh, a time to rest. I think it's so important, you know, it's so biblical as we look through, you know, God himself and we look through the old Testament, how they had this day of rest and as pastors, we need that day of rest. And it's hard because I do youth on Saturday. I do church on Sunday. And then obviously there's stuff Monday to Friday. And so it's a, it's a struggle. And I know that we all have that struggle. Um, But it's important that we take a day off every week. It's important that we take prolonged times off when we can and even if we feel like we can't, we need to make that time. Because if we don't rest, if we don't take time to, you know, vacation with our family, to sleep in some days, to have a long time of prayer, I'm like, okay, okay, God, help me. No, but we actually have a, a real good in-depth prayer time, Bible study without pressure of, I have to have a message this Sunday, you know, but I actually have a Bible study where I'm, I'm applying it to my own life, that I can have that, that peace from which... I can keep going and I can, you know, focus on, uh, on the future and, and, you know, being this, this Christian who's in it for the long run.
0: Yeah, that's good. You know, I recently, man, what you were saying is so good. I recently was preaching a message here at our church at Vertical Church uh, about living with a healthy soul. And, and I, and I, and I, and I a powerful illustration is these icebergs. You know, I've ever seen these icebergs that are out kind of in the ocean, middle of the ocean. And the neat thing is if you just, if you just look at the iceberg above the water, it's it's beautiful it's majestic it's 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 amazing but then wh- when you kind of take the camera like back and it sees the whole view of the whole iceberg including everything that's under it is massive these are some of these icebergs are massive in fact sometimes 3 quarters or more of the iceberg is actually beneath the waterline and what we see is one thing on the outside but But the the actual iceberg is so much more. And I think that's what happens in our lives is what people see on the outside is one thing. And it's easy to smile and Mm. say, Dios te bendiga, God bless you, right? And to look like we're doing well. But there's that part beneath the waterline. There's that that backstage, so to speak. And, And let's talk about soul care. Sometimes we pay so much attention to what's visible or what other people are seeing, right? But we're not paying attention to how am I really doing? How's my soul, mm-hmm. and 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 maybe some thoughts on on just how do we care for our soul?
1: Um, I think it's important always to be honest with yourself. I think sometimes we have this tendency to almost how would I explain this? Um, to kind of always say I'm okay, I'm okay, or even telling ourselves you're okay, you're okay, and right. we're not okay. And I think we need to be honest. And know who can we be honest to? We just need to always be honest with God. You know, we'd always go to His presence. And show him all the mm-hmm. broken places. He's the one that can really heal us. He's the one that can actually bring an answer. Um, also, we just need to be completely honest with our spouses. Um, you yeah. know, God gave you that person that that totally different person than you. You know, to help be that balance. My husband and I. He's Latino. I'm you know this German Swedish English mix. That's like as cold <laughs> and north and, and non emotional as you can get. And so we're this we're, we we ends up being a great balance. Um, you know, some of our kids. My daughter's very emotional, and she'll cry, or she'll do this, and I'm like, "You're leaking. Why are you leaking?" You know, and I won't get <laughs> it because I don't, I don't cry. I don't have these, you know, bursts of emotion. I'm, I'm an, I'm an introvert. at all, it's all inside. Um. So being an introvert, when I didn't take care of my soul, like I don't, I personally don't like therapy for myself. I know it helps so many people. I'm not anti it. I always, you yeah. know, recommend it to people. But as an introvert, I just feel like that. Not gonna help me. I don't know how I would open up, but I really do open up with God and I really do open up with my husband. And I'm really honest, even with people that talk to me that you know, I'm honest with my kids, I'm honest with my disciples. I, you know, say exactly, you know, if I'm going through a tough time, I I don't hide it. It's it's out there. I'll tell my family, my you know, we're going through a rough time, please pray for us. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to to throw up some, some fake facade. And I think one of the most important things about being real is because of the kids I'm raising, you know, I'm, I have to model health to them and I don't, and you can't be fake in front of your kids, you know, they, they'll right. hear you. They'll see you and hear you if you're crying or if you're wrong, or if you have unwanted pressure, it's going to come out, and it's going to come out against them. So I have to keep my heart healthy and my mind healthy, my soul healthy, because I, I'm literally feeding them from that. Yeah. So um. one of the reasons why I'm just, you know, I, I. And what helps me really is, is resting. When we were, Serge and I were youth pastors, we didn't rest. We were young and right. we actually, you know, we were able to survive so long because we were young. You know, I started yeah. ministry as a teenager. Um, he started young in his twenties. And so we were able to do all these hours and little sleep and no days off because we were, we were young and God was with us. But still, I remember at one point a church invited us to a, a rest encounter. And they kept on doing it. We're, we kept like, we don't have time for this. Like we have to work 24 seven and we finally made time for it. And I am so sad. Like, I want to admit we didn't go because we thought we needed rest. We went so we could network <laughs> because we heard other people were there. And this is so embarrassing, but this is true. We went, we're like, yeah. okay, fine. Who's going? So, 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 so. Ooh, that's great. We'll go. And we thought we were going to you know, like, work when we got there, but we get there and all the other couples, of course, were older than us. And one by one, all these senior pastor couples, every single one of them told us how they all had ner- major nervous breakdowns.
0: Wow. Wow. And
1: they're all like, they're all you know pastors of these big, famous, giant churches. And they're so, to wow. looking at each other like, dang, you know, we're on this dangerous path of never resting, of just going, you know, 100 miles an hour dying this yep. way, constantly working and... By the grace of God, we haven't had anything happen to us, but I'm looking around the table and I'm thinking, these people are only 10, 20 years down the road than us. I don't want to have to go through that. I want to, you know, take this time to stop. So we started working way harder and taking our days off and having vacation time. 2021, we took months off. We took a whole long sabbatical and I just kind of breathe. I was visiting my old home church and they're like, do you want to preach? I'm like, nope. (laughs) I just need to chill. Like I just need to pray. I need to refill, you know, my vessel. I need to just breathe because 2020 was horrific. Like it was for so many of us. So So just giving myself, giving ourselves that permission to rest, that permission to, we don't always have to be making content. You know, when we're exhausted, we can tell, hey, someone else, can you please write the sermon this week? Can you please share this week? Can you please do this? Because I just can't right now. Um, And admitting that without thinking that's failing, you know, that's not failing. I I have my eyes set on in 25 years, 30 years, I want to be able to pass the baton to my church to a younger, healthy generation, and I want to have a good um, a good example. And when I was at this rest encounter and I was praying, the Holy Spirit reminded me of something. So my grandma, who was my, let's see, my paternal grandparents that were the missionaries and helped start so many churches in Latin America. Um, my grandmother's father was a, a pastor and he never rested. Wow. and He ended up getting sick and dying really young. Now, everyone else in my family were all you know, we have this longevity, we all have to be 90, 100. And he died at like, I want to say like late 60s, early 70s. And his doctor told him, you have to rest, you have to slow down that he just didn't. He felt like yeah. with ministry, you can't rest, you can't take that day off. And I kind of forgotten about the story. But as I'm praying, the Holy Spirit reminded me of this. He's like, this is like the path that you're on. So it was, you know, definite warning sign. We hadn't had any problems we've had. I had no health problems. I have no health issues. But you know, I'm not I'm not gonna wait till I have them. Right. I'm not gonna wait until I'm close to a de- breakdown or close to a depression. Uh, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna slow down, I'm gonna give my I'm gonna pace myself so that yeah. I can make it to the end healthy, I can make it to the end, still be an example, not just as a good preacher, not just as a good pastor, but as a good Christian, as a good person, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, that's good. You know, you said something really important. We have to give ourselves permission to, to rest. Um, I think sometimes it, it could be a, a, a an old school mentality. Hey, this is what you do. You get up every day. You do it. B. It could be that I haven't I haven't empowered more people to take to take the lead or to pass the baton to delegate. Um, and then C. I think we forget sometimes, Carla. We forget that this is a commandment. Not yeah. To keep the Sabbath day holy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, God created in six days, rested on the seventh, not because God needed it, but he knew we would. Right. And we're so quick to justify. I think it's Pastor Robert Morris who says, you know, you know, nobody calls us to say, hey, do you want to commit adultery today? Or, hey, do you want to go steal something today? But a lot of times they'll call us on our day off and be like, hey, I need to have a meeting with you. And right. And and so we forget that we forget that this is a this is a commandment and God knows what we need both for our body but for our soul for that part of the under the waterline that we don't always see and uh, and I love that you're touching on this because I think a lot of people need need to hear today you have to give yourself permission because god's given you permission to to rest to refresh yeah. your soul to recreate and and I love how you you're, you're kind of connecting these two things of hey I want to I want longevity in my ministry mm-hmm. in my calling I, which means I don't want burnout but then I want right. to be able to be healthy to pass on healthy. Let's talk a little bit about that because that's, that's that multi-generational aspect.
1: Yeah, well, resting and being taking that time is a step of faith. Uh, mm-hmm. It's that same faith that we use for tithing. You know, tithing, we say, okay, I'm going to give God 10% trusting that 90% with God's blessing is going to be more than 100% without God's blessing. And the same yep. thing is resting. You know, it's trusting that six days with God's blessing is right. more than seven days in my own strength. It's think mm-hmm. that God's more powerful than us and trusting in his, you know, he made us. He knows what we need. He knows that our bodies need rest. Yeah. So it's trusting, too, that the whole church isn't going to come down because we're not there. I mean, right. we always say, you know, God's the pastor of our church. And like, well, do we really trust that? Can we trust that? Trust him enough to have a day off and the whole thing not to come crashing down? I think it's kind of self-centered, too, to think that the whole church really does revolve around us. When it doesn't, we have an amazing team. And so, you know, it's, it's good to give them, give them time to, to show. So what was the exact question? I kind of felt like. Yeah, I don't
0: know. I I want to go into kind of the multigenerational and the idea of what we're building today. Is not necessarily for us? Right. But what we're working on today isn't just about what we want tomorrow. It's the reality that just like one day we took over for the ministry that our parents, you know, you know, initiated, started one day. We're going to have to hand, hand off the baton. Um, and you know, what, how are you thinking in those terms? Even though, even though you're young, you know, in your journey and there's still much, many more years of ministry, how does a pastor and, and some pastors listening right now might be a little bit older. They might be need to be thinking about this. What, what, how can we help pass on something healthy and strong in the future?
1: So yeah, I'm 37, but I already with my husband, we already have, um, We're planning our transition. Um, We are writing up our transition plan. Mm. Uh, We don't have the person yet. Um, You know, for for churches or businesses, it could be one of your own children. It could be a disciple, somebody that you mentor. Um, Mm. But either way, we are having, you know, all these steps planned out. We're studying transition. My husband is a student on transition. Uh, We had. Um, our mentor at the time Miles Monroe helped our church walk through that and he had mm-hmm. so much good insight we wrote it all down and kind of planning on our steps so one of the things cuz having grandparents in the ministry I had the privilege of being friends with so many pastors from an old generation and I, my grandparents included cuz they're still alive but they're just cuz you know we we have this longevity blessing <laughs> but um one of the things that, that I see with them and so many others, it's they have no transition plan. Like there's no, right. there's no end in sight. They just play. And they always say, it, they say it so proudly. I plan in going go out with my boots on. I've heard pastors on stage. I plan on dying in the pulpit. And I'm like, that shouldn't be your transition. Like that's a <laughs> terrible way to transition your church. That's a terrible plan. You know, that's going to hurt your church. You're leaving no one. Like no, you need to while you're still healthy and alive, yeah. you need to pass the baton onto a disciple yeah. or onto a, you know someone that you've you've mentored so that that person can take over for you. Wh- and while there's time for you to continue to guide them, and you're still healthy enough to do. Yeah. So. Um. So many of them don't, and they proudly and defiantly. Did, and I'm just <laughs> like, oh man, that's not. That's not. That's not healthy. Um, so we're planning on transitioning out. Uh, I'm planning on doing it still at a young enough age, both of us. And we're like, well, what are we going to do after we pass the church on? Yeah. So we're kind of planning on, um, what kind of ministry we're going to have post senior pastors, you know, we kind of want to do traveling, want to do books. We want to do this. Um, we want to kind of specialize in certain things. Uh, one of the things Sergio wants to do is he wants to help be uh, transition mentor, Something that so many churches need, but there really isn't a lot of, um, I mean, there's a lot of market for it, but there's not a lot of people that do it. Um, Dr. Miles was a tremendous uh, transition mentor for us. So you kind of want to help churches walk through that. He's already doing that with some of the mega churches around here in South um, America. He's kind of helping them, you know, giving them advice, showing them kind of not taking sides because it's so easy when you're in that transition to be like the old generation against the new generation. He's like, let me be yeah. the referee and not take sides between the old or young. We just kind of help you guys make a smooth transition because it's, it's really hard. Transitioning is super hard, but I know it's God's plan. You know, it's not God's plan for every ministry, every business to just come up in a generation and then die in that generation. You know, it's things are supposed to be passed on and continue to grow and build upon the previous generations. One of the things my husband says that's so true, because I've been able to see this happen in so many churches, is that the devil's not afraid of anything you can do as long as it dies with you. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as whatever you yep. build dies with you, and and he dies with you, preaching in that pulpit, and the church is buried with you in that casket. Come then on. He, that, like it doesn't it doesn't matter. But um, there is so much. Uh, pushback when we try to do that transition because we know this is God's heart. This is God's plan so that God can continue to build generation upon generation so that His church is healthy and His church is strong. And churches aren't just a one-generation church— but they are churches for all generations, for the young, the old, the medium, you know, all generations where mm-hmm. we should all be in church. It shouldn't be just churches of all old people or all young people, but a single church should be able to have the grandparents, the parents, and the kids all together.
0: You don't want to miss this month at Avail, or any month for that matter. Why? Because each month, the Avail Online Leadership Series happens, a live call with leaders from around the world who have a passion for God and key leadership insights. To impart to you, interact with authors, pastors, and influencers from every industry, and the best part—it's free. To get registered right now, head over to theartofleadership.com. What are you waiting for? Yeah, that's good. You know, um, this is really a really important conversation. Um, I, I think having been in similar shoes when when we transitioned to our church from for my parents, you know, to me and my wife, there's something really important, which means. Which is both sides, right? There has to be this both sides of that baton passing are, are important, kind of like a track and a track and field race, right? It, it's it's both the one who's passing and the one who's receiving. And I think that there can be mistakes on both sides, right? Yeah. There could be mistakes on the side of the of the of the older generation who's saying I'm gonna stay on the pulpit till I die, right? Which which which, by the way, I think we—I think there can be God's calling and purpose. I think sometimes our assignment changes in different seasons, um, and so God can use use you at every age. Um, but there's some mistakes on this side, and then there's also some mistakes on the receiving side. Uh, maybe in the way that it's done, maybe it's not yeah. honoring, maybe it's dishonoring. So, yeah, maybe what, what mistakes have you guys seen out there, or, or 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 maybe better, what helped the transition that you guys had? From, from Sergio's parents to you guys in that transition, what really helped on both sides?
1: So one of the things that's a kind of a big hurdle for the young generation to get over is the older generation has a fear that everything's going to change and it's not going to be the same. So mm-hmm. there's this group of people that are the founders of the church that have given their blood, sweat, tears, and ties to this church for who knows how long. And all of a sudden there's this new young Couple that are you know come and, and there's this fear that everything I've built, everything I, I've saved and I've and I've done is just going to go down the tubes. So right. one of the things that that Surge and I did, well, that Dr. Miles told us to, we said, first of all, during this transition, first of all, our transition took was over several years. I don't know, it took like five years. So we started transitioning like 11 years ago or 12 years ago. And we slowly did. So we did it really slow to kind of let the people assimilate the information slowly. There there was no brusque movement. It wasn't just like, tomorrow, everything's going to be changed. It was just very, very slow. Gave the people time to kind of chew on it, digest it, get used to us. Um, One of the other things he told us to do is like, in the middle of this transition, have a special ceremony, have a special, you know, Sunday night meeting or whatever, where you honor... The old pastors and the whole old generation, and yeah. so yeah. we took some church anniversary. I don't remember the number. But we took some church anniversary. Um, it was also kind of coincided with some number of my in-laws' uh, anniversary, and we had all these old pictures where we talked about you know the founding of Agua Viva and how we, and then we honored them. We honored all the old founders with you know these little trophies. And we talked, oh, and we made all the young people, made everyone stand up and, and applaud them. And that was all done in the public. We, we publicly honored them. And then in the private um, director's board meeting that has all these older couples in it, yeah. we did it. Um, Serge and I kind of wrote out all the kind of, because we needed to kind of fix a lot of things in the administration. Yeah all things on paper and so we put out on paper everything we believed as a church what our dna was and we gave it to them we were respecting everything that algo viva has always stood for and everything yeah, that we have yeah. always loved and done since the beginning so we had out hand out this paper to these old you know all the old um the elders which don't meet that often but um we, we kind of let them know where we were going what we we're doing and they read the paper and they all broke down crying and they said wow. we were so afraid that you guys were going to come in and just change everything, but now we know. And one of even said, like, now I know I can die in peace because he was old, and he's gone to the Lord since then. saying so now I know I can die in peace and know that everything that I have spent my life building is not, you know, is going to continue. And so, I mean, it was it was a special moment for us too, saying that we yeah. had the blessing yeah. of this older generation, and we had. You know, they were going to stand behind us. And at the same time, of course, we had the new generation because we had raised them up. We had been their youth pastors. Yeah. So, yeah, honor is a big thing. Not changing the DNA. We always say, well, yeah, we're going to change things. We're going to change music styles. We're going to change clothes styles. We're going to change the logo. We're going to change all these external things. But our beliefs are going to be exactly the same. The doctrine we teach is going to be exactly the same. Our church structure is going to be the exact same. So and we were able to calm those fears at the same time, changing just those external things that don't matter, but need to change every generation. So, yeah.
0: That's good. That's good. You know, I took a few notes here as you we were talking, and, and, and man, a lot of it resonates for, from our experience. Um, and I think, I think a lot of you pastors out there, leaders, it's important that you're leaning in right now. You might be on one side of the baton or the other, but there are healthy, good, successful ways of transitioning and then there are unhealthy, not good ways or churches that eventually kind of shut down and close their doors. Yeah. Uh, actually Dr. Sam Chan from avail this is one of his passions. This is one of, one of the things he does is help churches in their succession plans and in their transitions. I think in the in the, in the the Latin American world, there's a little bit of, of, a, of a gap there. We need more voices like Sergio to help pastors in, in this season. But I heard from you here uh, some of the things that helped in your transition is not rushing it but having time. Um, mm-hmm. Also – Clear communication of the why. Hey, Mm -hmm. here's some things that are coming. I remember we had to communicate not only, hey, there are going to be some changes up ahead, and here's the reason why. And and people feel a little better and, and they are able to ask questions. You talked about honor. Honor needs to be a part of the journey, especially from the receiving side, from the younger generation towards the founders or the past yeah. non-predecessors that honor part is a part that sometimes younger pastors and leaders might miss. Uh, and it's so important for that to be continuous even throughout as transition happens. Um, this has been a, this has been a great conversation, Carla. I think, I think, um, the heart, the heart of saying, man, we want longevity in our lives, in our ministries, in our callings, in our churches, uh, and we want to avoid burnout by taking care of ourselves physically, by taking care of our souls, um, and then and then thinking about thinking multi generationally. In other words, this is not just about where we were. It's not even about where we are. It's also about where we're headed and who we're equipping. You know, what's the who are the people we're equipping for that next generation? Uh, I guess I'd like to kind of hit the final stretch here with some personal encouragement or advice for pastors and leaders who right now are maybe feeling burnt out. Maybe they're feeling, um, insecure. Maybe there's fear, you know, even, even, even you as, as a, as a woman leader, as a, as a, as a pastor, who's a woman, um, speaking a little bit of life into people maybe who have maybe not felt acknowledged in their leadership gifting mm. for whatever reason. Can you just speak a little bit, encourage, any leaders who are feeling down right now?
1: Um, I think there's a lot of pressure in leadership, pressure from every side. And one of the pressures that we can feel, even as, especially as younger people, I think it's easy for us to look you know, around next to us and see, oh, this person's about my age. Maybe I should be dressing like them or preaching a sermon like them or doing my church like this other church that's so but I want to encourage you to not get your sermons or I mean it's okay every once in a while to copy someone else's sermon but I'm saying as far as your essence and mm-hmm. the way you run church and, the, and this, there's the, the the deep important messages that you need to, that your church needs from you I'd encourage you to go straight to God's presence you know <laughs> I'm preaching on things that I know buck every trend of my generation and that's totally okay you know God hasn't called us. To just be one more. And, and it's funny because I didn't, I don't so much see this in the old generation. They kind of all go their own way. And yeah, they can be stubborn sometimes, but a lot of these people in this new generation are kind of dressed so similar and sing such similar songs and lead so similarly. And it's like, you guys have got to be copying each other. Like, what, where? But, and it's okay if we get ideas from each other. And that's, that's great and that's healthy. But there's a point where we also, every church has a special essence. Every yeah. church has. Their own unique DNA, their own unique mission from God. So I would encourage you at some point, you know, turn off whatever it is or whatever, however you are watching other people and take time in God's presence for God to give you specific special messages for your church, for your flock. Have God you know, go in his presence. Give him, have him give you specific strategies for your church. You guys are, have unique problems yeah. city, to your city, your community, to the demographic you wish to reach. And yeah, we get ideas from other people, but the the core essence of what we do comes directly, you know, from God's presence. And so I want to encourage you to, it's okay to be different. It's okay to dress different. It's okay to. Do your hair different. It's okay to make up your own songs and not be the exact time beat that maybe everyone be listening to, but, you know, truly be yourself. I know this isn't just a church thing. I feel like so many millennials and Gen Zers, because we're on social media so much, it's easy to just kind of fall into a social norm. But as Christians, Mm -hmm. you know, we're called to swim against the flow. We're called to, you know, obey God in whatever he calls us to do. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do that. Um in the end we're not gonna have to, you know, come before a judge and and say, Oh, were you cool? Did you dress like this? Did you do that? No, we're gonna come before God and and He's gonna ask us, Did you use all the gifts that I gave you? And maybe you have a gift that's unique. Maybe you don't see anyone else using Mm -hmm. the gifts that God's given you. Maybe you don't see anyone else doing the, the, the things that God's placed a passion in your heart to do, but that's exactly why God placed them on your hearts so that you could make a difference. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to strike out and be totally different from everything you've seen.
0: That's so good. This is a call. To authenticity, to embrace the essence that God has given you. What a good word, Carla. You know, as you were saying that, I, uh, a lot of times when my wife and I share about that transition, you know, she had a challenge because as she, as she was stepping into the role of co-leading, co-pastoring the church with me, you know, she she would say to herself, "I'm not like my mother-in-law, right? She's not like my mom, and and I'm not like like you know Virge's sister, who was who was her spiritual mother." I'm different and me as well. My leadership style is very different from my father's leadership style and embracing who we are for such a time as this, honoring, you know, honoring the past, honoring the founders, honoring the predecessors, but giving ourselves permission to say, God, we're here to do what you've called us to do. So I love that call to authenticity. So leader, if you're listening right now and you've been a little bit discouraged, uh, seek the Lord. Like Carla said, just spend some time with the Lord. Holy Spirit, word of God, speak to me guide mm-hmm. me, show, bring me clarity on, on, on who you want, called me to be and what the next steps should be. And by the way, older, older pastors and veteran, you know, veteran leaders and and Christian, Christian leaders, like, See the potential in the younger leaders. Bring them in, embrace them, empower mm-hmm. them, equip them, send them out. And for you, younger leaders, hey, value that generation that's gone ahead because we are literally standing on their shoulders. What a good word! Uh, I love this, Carla. This has been a great conversation. I, I would love for people to be able to connect with you and maybe find a little bit, find out a little bit more, more about you, Agua Viva, if they're interested, and especially if they speak Spanish. How can they connect yeah. with you, Carl? <laughs>
1: Well, our church um, has a website where all of our, we have a YouTube channel, Agua Viva, but um, you can also find, see all of our sermons on ccaguaviva.tv. These are going to be in Spanish. Um, my book, la Bendice, El Secreto de la Bendición Multigeneracional, it's in Spanish and Portuguese, if you guys are Brazilian. Um, I I preach in Spanish and Portuguese as well. But I have, I have messages in all three languages on YouTube, if you wanted to go and look and find whatever uh, language works for you. I don't have a ton of English, um, though it is my mother tongue. Um, it's just our world is, is mainly uh, Spanish and Portuguese, but there's something really special. Uh, I would encourage you, no matter what background you're from, to if you live in the United States, to learn Spanish or Portuguese. It really would open up um, so many doors mm-hmm. and bridges. I do believe that God wants us as as churches and countries are on this, these same, you know, the Americas to be more connected, to yeah, learn from yeah. each other. I think the church in America has so much to learn from South America and vice versa. Um, so Mission yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or just so, come in. And-
0: So here's what I want to do for for our non-Spanish speakers. Agua Viva means living water. That's the name of the church, Agua Viva. The website is ccaguaviva.tv. You can look it up. You can look up Carla strombeck Hornung. Uh, This has been really cool, Carla. Um, uh, Last thing I want to mention is as leaders, it's important to be resourced. It's important to grow ourselves. I have a few avail journals here, Christian leadership magazines. Would you agree that part of a leader's success is growing themselves?
1: Totally. Uh, Serge and I have taken lots of classes. We're constantly reading. I'm in the middle of, book of about three or four books I'm reading right now. Um, while I'm cooking and you know I'm a mom, I am been listening to audiobooks because I always want to, you know, keep my mind learning and always not just know what's new i listen to a lot of old books too but it's good mm-hmm. to know both it's good to know what's going on now it's good to have these magazines what's going on now to know that there's so many new resources there's so many better ways yeah. of doing mm-hmm. things and there's also i think there's a richness in some of the old books um mm-hmm. i'm an old book collector um and i just think we can learn from the old generation and from the new generation so yes constantly consuming content
0: Leaders are readers, everybody. Hey, if you haven't done so, you can claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal by going to availjournal.com. As you can see, this is a beautiful, colorful, quality, excellent. It even feels good, feels heavy Mm -hmm. in your hands, feels nice. The Avail Journal, availjournal.com, free annual subscription. I just said it free. You can get it for free, which means you're going to get, they come out quarterly, you're going to get four of them. You're going to enjoy it. And the the content, we have uh, men leaders, women leaders. We have multiculturally diverse leaders, young leaders, older leaders. Great insights, great wisdom. availjournal.com. You can get your free annual subscription. Um, hey, I want to get some final thoughts. What, what do you want to leave on the hearts of all of our Avail listeners and viewers, Carla?
1: Um, I would like, if I can, to alleviate Pressure. I know as leaders we are under enormous pressure. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's pressure we put on ourselves needlessly. So if there's any pressure, you can get off of your own shoulders. You know, I want you to know that you have permission. We don't always have to be, you know, as women, sometimes you feel this pressure to be dressed to the nines, or I look around at all the other mega pastors and always so fancy, and I'm like, that's just not me, and that's okay. I don't have manicure. You know, I have kids. I can't, I don't have time for that, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, I can, I, I can be me. I don't always have to I, um, be throwing up a facade. I can, I can be me. And I think I also can resonate with so many women like that. Um, and if I feel pressure from any person or anything, I can, you know, know what to accept. I know what's healthy, what's not healthy. And I can learn to say no. If too many people are asking for too many things, once I can say, you know what, I'm not going to be able to handle that. i um, mm. If, if we know that accepting a certain extra responsibility is going to mean way less nights at home or, you know, don't, don't sacrifice your home life. Um, yeah. uh, needlessly, you know, yes, there's times some nights we're going to be out, but don't be out every night, you know, yeah. make sure we have some nights with our kids, with our families, with our spouses or whoever, um, or just, free for you know for your single just home reading and just kind of refilling um so that we always have that time where we can feel that pressure's off because I love how Jesus says that he goes my burden is light my, yeah. my my yoke is easy and so often as pastors I see people who whose burden is not light whose yoke is right. not easy and I'm like that that's not that's not from God. You know mm-hmm. so if, if your burden you feel like is too heavy, you know, take some time, sit, sit down, look at all your schedule and say what on here do I, can, I, do I, can I let go of and, and we still be okay? So I want to challenge you, challenge you to have that yoke and that burden that Jesus has called us that's easy and that's light.
0: That's good. Hey, you've got some permission today to take some pressure off, set some boundaries other people won't do it for you. And if you don't set your priorities, someone else will. Great wisdom. Pastor Carla, this has been an awesome conversation. I just want to say on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martine, the whole AVAIL team, we just want to say thank you for t- spending some time with our AVAIL uh, audience. And we honor you. We bless your life, you and Pastor Sergio and Agua Viva. Uh, it's been an honor having you here on the program.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Virgilio. Thanks, Dr. Sam. We love you. Martin, we love you too. <laughs>
0: Awesome, 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 awesome. Hey, everybody, if you want to know more about their church, Pastor Carla and Sergio's Church in Lima, Peru, it's ccaguaviva.ca. TV. They're making an impact. And for all of you leaders out there, if you haven't done so, make sure availjournal.com, get your free annual subscription. On behalf of Avail and the Avail family, I'm Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, Iglesia Vertical in South Florida, your host, your friend, where we're helping you here in the art of leadership. Catch you next time right here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast with our guest, Carla Horna. You can connect with Carla on social media and check out their church by going to ccaguaviva.online. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.